Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Alright, so here we go. Second episode post-hiatus here. And uh, I think I've been leading you guys on long enough. Um, on today's episode, we're going to be uh, talking about my Minnesota bear hunt that I did last fall. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, first off, I recommend checking out some of the older episodes. But you'll you'll know if you if you listen to those that last fall... I was planning a big old do-it-yourself Minnesota bear hunt. I live in Michigan, so that's quite the task doing it yourself, driving all the way up there and uh, doing that. So I had been talking about that and planning it out and stuff. And, uh, well, I went on hiatus right at the time I started bear hunting. So uh, really I've never publicly unveiled what happened with that hunt and uh, what's going on there. So, But before we jump, in, jump into it... Um, there's uh this is going to be a part one of part of two podcast series so this week we're going to be covering the the minnesota portion and then as most of you know too i also had a michigan tag last year that i wasn't even sure if i was going to hunt well i did end up hunting it and uh um if you've been on youtube you've seen the results of that hunt but uh um the the Michigan portion will be next on next week's podcast, and I'm bringing on uh, Clint Mitchell, fully swamp plots. He's a Michigan uh, hound hunter who uh, had a really good season last year, and we've had him on before. And he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he was a ended up being a crucial part of my bear season last year. So, but that'll be next week. So, but for this week, we're covering what happened in Minnesota. Um, so I think I've left you guys in the dark for long enough, and so um, we're going to jump into that. So here we go. So uh, so fill you guys in that haven't you know been around or whatever, So or just to remind you guys what was going on. So last year, I had a Unit 25 Minnesota bear tag. So there's, there's two types of tags you can have in Minnesota. Uh, there's limited quota and no quota tags. No quota tags you can buy every year, but there's a lot of pressure, and it's sort of in the fringe bear areas so it can be it can be good hunting but um that's not what i'm going to drive to minnesota for so i put in for a limited quota tag and uh i got a unit 25 tag now my reasoning for that is um myself and one of my marine buddies uh gunter uh, his name's andrew gunter but in the military call people by their last name so we were uh i was calling gunter and he calls me schumann but anyway um Gunter and I, we had put in for the tags together and we drew them at the same time. And what our thought process was is we wanted to go and have a really remote hunt as far away from people as we could so that we would get away from the crowds and uh, have a true wilderness hunt. And so we chose Unit 25 because it's really far away. And then also it's, I mean, it's the northernmost unit you can get to without being in Canada. So... That was the thought process there, and then also, um, and, and on this episode, I'm going to give away a lot of my um, thoughts, you know, like some some of my strategies that I thought were really valuable, um, and I normally wouldn't give away kind of those sort of secrets, but I'm going to, and you'll see why at the end. So, um, so something with the unit, and and if you plan, plan on hunting unit 25 or whatever. This will really help you out. Um, I hate giving away secrets, but uh, it's not really much of a secret. So, all right. So in Unit Twenty Five, um, if you look at the map, there's there's a unit in in Minnesota that I forget which one it is Twenty Two maybe. 
don't quote me on that, but it's the Boundary Waters. So the Boundary Water Wilderness Canoe Area. It is a designated federal wilderness that uh, is a popular canoeing area. And uh, you go, you basically go in canoes and you can camp and, you know, no motorized traffic or anything. So it's a really rugged area. Well, you can bear hunt that, but they don't allow bait in there because of wilderness regulations. So the rest of Minnesota, you can bait hunt. Um, no hounds, just bait. So um, what my thought process was, well, Unit 25 borders up with the Boundary Waters. And so you could potentially get right on the border of the Boundary Waters, which, you know, theory stands that it should be a bear sanctuary, right? You can't bait it. There's probably some monster bears in there that people don't even get to touch. So my thought was, well, let's hug up right on that border, um, get as close as we can, and we're going to hunt that with bait in Unit 25 and try to pull bears out of the quote-unquote bear sanctuary. So that was the thought process there. <clears throat> um, that's kind of why we chose it. I mean, and plus it's, it's wilderness hunt. I wanted it to be a cool thing. So, um, And now my buddy Gunter, he had not, he's never shot a bear, and uh, so that was this was his first bear hunt um he's we've done deer hunts together and uh both in michigan and in wisconsin and so or not wisconsin excuse me minnesota and so um we've had some hunting together and stuff so but this is our first bear hunt together and me i you know i'm an, I'm an experienced bear hunter obviously so um so that was the that was the plan and then um something else that led up to this decision too so <laughs> this I, I almost feel bad about saying this, but I, I've come to learn this information is just bogus, and you'll hear about it by the end of this podcast. So, but um, so another decision that another thought process of mine was that we a few years ago I was on the Minnesota DNR website, and they had a because in Minnesota you have to register your bait sites, and my thought was so on on the on the sorry backtrack here. The Minnesota DNR put out a map of all the registered bait sites for, I forget what year it was, 2014, 2015, something like that. And it literally had a map of all these dots of where there was bait sites. And it was like, whoa, you can see exactly where people were and where the pressure was and wasn't. And I, and I knew that wouldn't be on the website too long before somebody complained, hey, you're giving away my bait site. So I took a, I saved it. Well, I don't... I didn't save the whole map. I saved a screenshot of the map. And so I only saved, stupid, I only saved a picture of um, the area I was concerned about. And so I was like, oh, well, I got this. And I was looking, and hey, the area I wanted to hunt really didn't have any bait sites in it. I'm like, this is great. So cool. It's like a confirmation of what I'm trying to do, right? And so, um, <clears throat> so that was something that led into that. So anyway... Uh, fast forward, so I drew the tag last year, um, you find out middle of May, I think, and so myself and Gunter, we made a trip up to northern Minnesota and did a scouting trip back in May, and it looked really great. It's all, you know, up there, it's all boreal forest. There's a little bit of uh, temperate hardwoods mixed in there too, not much, but there is, but for the most part, I would say 95% of the woods is typical boreal forest, so you got your spruce and um, balsam stands, you got alder swamps, cedar swamps, uh, um, upland, uh, blueberry ridges and stuff. So that's kind of what we were dealing with up there. That's sort of what it looks like. And popple too. So aspen forests. And, um, 
And so that's pretty much what we were dealing with. But where we were at, it looks like what had happened was they had clear-cut um, certain areas uh, probably five years ago or something like that. And there was really, really good what seemed to be berry patches. I'm like, great. And plus, there was lots of water because it's northern Minnesota. I'm like, cool. This is going to be a slam dunk. So we, we picked out um, six because you're allowed three bait sites per person. And so we picked out six good areas to bait. And... Um, and so we we planned out, and uh, that was what was going on. So, so um, basically, um, so we already scouted, and so in between scouting and you can't start baiting till uh, middle of August. I think it was August thirteenth or something like that. Um, don't quote me on the date, but it changes every year. But it was the second Friday in August or whatever. So, um, anyway, we uh, between the scouting and baiting. Uh, we we didn't want bait to be a limiting factor for our hunt, so uh, we went. He went to a place in Minnesota and got a whole bunch of really good bear bait. We got trail mix, we got cookie dough, um, and lots of it. And then I made a homemade granola with uh, oats and actual granola. There was like old ground up sticky granola, uh, almond butter molasses, uh, Batum 907 sweet surrender powder. Uh, what else did I put in there? Gummy candy, just all kinds of good stuff. It made this like super thick, thick, like sticky granola. And uh, it was really good stuff. And, and so I made a whole bunch of that and a little bit of corn too. I forgot about that corn. And, uh, and so we, bait was not an issue. And then to top it off, we had a pile of Batum 907 uh, bear attractants. So we had um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, blueberry up the wazoo, because I figure there's lots of berries up there. And I like to match the hash when it comes to natural foods. So if there's a lot of berries, I put out like berry scents and stuff. And it works for me pretty well. And then uh, also we got to test, um, Jess over Batum 907 wanted me to test a new product that she was, a new scent specifically. Uh, it's called Final Dessert, and it's basically just a sickeningly sweet uh, scent, and it smelled awesome, and I was really hoping it was going to work, but, uh, and I had that bear, I had it in a bunch of different things, but uh I really like the bear tar, but anyway, we'll get to that. So anyway, we got to test that out and, uh, that was in our arsenal along with a bunch of other stuff. So, um, anyway, and I think that was it pretty much for the prep. So now, um, the plan was going into it. So there was three weekends before the hunt and then the hunt would start on a Friday, the Friday of Labor Day weekend. And so what the plan was, was to go up and start baiting on Saturday the Saturday, it op baiting opened on Friday, and so I wasn't going to take an extra vacation day just to get there on baiting opener. So the plan was to drive up there, start baiting, and set up on that following Saturday, and then bait the next two weekends, and then get there the the Thursday before, well, get there Wednesday night, and then the Thursday before that Friday opener, uh, we would do a quick bait run and then hunt that Friday. And so I live in the UP of Michigan. And for me, it was a six-hour one-way trip. So I was doing 12-hour round-trip uh, bait runs uh, as a as, uh, 
Kyle Virgin on one of our previous podcasts coined it. We were doing bomber bait runs, running up there with as much bait as we could and just heavily, heavily baiting uh, bait sites just with as much bait, hopefully to feed the bears while we are gone. Um, that was the strategy we had to employ. There's multiple baiting strategies that you can employ, as we've talked about, but that was the one that we had to do. I mean, we didn't have a choice, so... Um, so that was the plan we were putting out. We made sure we had enough bait to put out like 30 to 40 gallons of bait. Actually, it might have been even more than that. We might have been putting out a barrel. It depended, there was different bait sites, but some of them, especially the ones that were active, we were putting out probably about a barrel of bait a week. It was insane, you know. So um, that's the issue with doing bomber bait runs. You go through a lot of bait. So um, that's the big thing there. So anyway uh opening weekend so let's let's get to it so opening weekend um drove up there that friday night got there and we found a little turnout off the the dirt road that we were baiting off of the main road anyway and we camped in this little old gravel pit and uh it was a beautiful night beautiful up there i I love it that far north it's chilly at night and it's just it's cool and the the sky is just gorgeous so uh, at night, I mean, you could see all, I mean, I can see a lot of stars here, but, um, it was really, really clear up there for whatever reason. So, but, um, beautiful. I mean, if nothing else, if nothing else, we had a really nice camping trip. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> but anyway, all right. So, um, so we went out to, uh, I'll walk you through our bait sites. So what we didn't expect, I guess, was that how hard it was going to be to bait some of these spots. So our back in May with, you know, it was, there wasn't much vegetation growing in. We found these spots where like, Oh cool. This is good. And this is good. And it's pretty easy walking and stuff. Well, by August, the areas that we had picked were really, really grown in and thick with, uh, with, I mean, for one, there's like, uh, there's a bunch of, what were those things? Um, forgot what berries they were, but there, there was like elderberry and stuff growing in this one. And I mean, it was just thick stuff walking through. And so basically the, the problem that we found was that it was really hard to bait some of these spots and with the amount of bait that we were carrying, cause we couldn't drive up that. That's so I don't like to drive to my bait sites all the way. I like to walk aways. And, um, I think in May when we were scouting these spots, we really didn't think about how grown in it was going to be. So, um, this one tip I got for you is think that, think that through, because that was a little, um, difficult, but anyway, so the first spot we went to, um, what did we call that? Uh, we called it the raspberry patch because it was a giant raspberry patch and we knew it'd be raspberries come, uh, even back in May, we're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of raspberries in here. So we picked that out, and it was a little clear cut, and there was a, little, a couple little ponds around there. And so we got there, and we walked through the raspberries, and we were walking in bear trails. There was actually bear trails to these raspberries. And uh, so we set up set up a bait site there, and um, we, let me think, we set it up, and when we were there, we found some purple uh, bear scat that was purple from eating blueberries. There was actually blueberries in there too, which I couldn't tell before, but yeah, it was just loaded with berries in there. And the, the berries were like shoulder high on us. So, I mean, it was a thick, thick patch. And so I'm like, sweet, this is an awesome spot. And that was about, uh, 
probably a half mile walk back from the road. It was it was a ways back, but uh, it was wet too. It was just swamp. We got soaked that first walk. Was like yuck. But um, so that was the first spot, and then the second spot we went to was we called that one the uh, um. Well, we ended up calling it the Baroness, and that was a spot. It was clear. It was a clear cut, and there was. It was really close to the Boundary Waters border, and there was like a big creek that ran to the north, and we were basically, we, we went through the clear cut and then got into some really, really thick stuff, and then if you we would have kept going to the north, there would have been a creek there, and uh, it just looked really great for bears, and uh, so we set up, we didn't, I don't think I found any bear spots, or bear sign when I was looking through there but just my gut told me it was a really good bear spot so but the, when we got there we realized wow this place is not as open as it was in may and this is gonna be really tough to hunt but it looked good so we still set up there and uh there was all kinds of berries in there and stuff too uh some blackberry and uh i think there's an elderberry there and all kinds of good stuff. So, um, and that one was a trek too, because the the when they clear cut, they left a lot of sticks there. So it was like an ankle buster getting into there. So that was a treat. But we got that one baited up, and um, and then the next spot we went to was, uh, which one was that? Okay, so yeah, I remember. So we went to the what we called the hill next. So it was like a clear cut, but they only clear cut like almost a really wide trail up this hill and then they stopped and so we went all the way up this trail and and just set up a base site on top of this hill and right down the hill dropped right down and it dropped down to actually that same creek the other base site was but this is a lot further down the road and so we had a good spot there um it looked really good there's tons of berries there there's some hazelnuts there too and that looked really good um so we set up a base site there and then but then we're starting to realize, I mean, we're, we're carrying like 120 pounds to just to save on time. Um, you know, Andrew and I were both, Andrew Gunter and I were both in the Marine Corps and, uh, um, in the infantry specifically. And so we're not, we're not exactly unaccustomed to carrying really, really heavy packs. Um, I've, I mean, I've, I've done 10 mile hikes with 120 pound packs and, south carolina heat and stuff so i'm not i'm pretty conditioned to stuff and uh but still it was grueling we were carrying like 120 pound packs of bait up these hills and through the bush and it was horrible to say the least i mean we were wet that for like i said we walked through that swamp in the morning and my boots got wet and oh it was a rough day it was that first day was rough i mean we were trying to get out as much bait as we could we we're taking two or three trips for bait site and some of these were you know up to a mile away and it was a lot of work. So just, I mean, so if you're, if you ever think about doing something like this, just, just remember, I mean, it is sort of physically demanding sometimes. So depending on, I mean, it is what you make it, of course. I mean, we could have probably done, you know, take, brought my four wheeler up and found a trail somewhere on the, with the four wheeler, but it just, that we made it what it was, but so I'll actually, actually I did, I posted a picture on our social media of me carrying one of those packs and <laughs> It was agonizing. <laughs> so, but, um, all right. So we baited the hill and then by then we're realizing we're out of, we're running out of time and I don't, I want to get back that night. Um, my wife and I had just had a 
uh, baby a month ago and uh, it was um, I didn't want to spend tons of time away from home so I really want to get back that night so we decided well you know what there's a lot of good spots there's tons of good bear sign um, let's just bait one more spot and then we'll see how it goes um, you're allowed six but we figured two per person be safe right and so we baited the uh, the last spot we did we called it the blueberry ridge now it was a, on either side, there's swamps. It was tamarack swamp on both sides. But we had this ridge that was a peninsula that jutted into the this, this swamp. And it was nice, easy walk. And there's blueberries all over. And hazelnuts, too, we found out. Um, and, uh, and so we walked on this ridge. And we went as far back as we could. Because it, it was a nice walking trail. And so we just didn't want anybody else to be on it. So we walked way down this, this trail and set up on the edge of the swamp. And uh, it looked really, really good. There's a beaten down game trail. We're like, cool, this will be good. So we set up there. And that was the last spot. And then uh, drove home and had a very tiring drive home. And and uh, so we had a very long, and we had trail cameras on all four spots. And so we had a very long uh, week until we could get back. And so, so we come back and, uh, I'm pretty excited and I'm, I'm very hopeful. You know, I'm, I'm used to my bait sites just being hammered, hammered, hammered. And that's usually what I get in Michigan and I've had that on, in Ontario as well. And so, I mean, that's sort of what I'm expecting. And so, uh, anyway, we get back there the next weekend and, um, we go to the raspberry patch, the big raspberry patch first and we get there and, that's the one with the bear scat at it, and it's not hit. I'm like, well, what in the world? This is weird. Why isn't this hit? I mean, there's literally bear sign like 20 feet from here. How is this not hit? I mean, and, and you could say, well, natural foods and all that, but, I mean, I've never had a problem with natural foods. I mean, I've never, ever had a problem with pulling bears off natural foods. I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And so, um, then we went to which one did we go to next i think we went to the bear nest next and we got down there and the bait was hit and pulled the camera of course and checked it and it was hit but it wasn't hit great um the bear nest they had like one or two little bears that had come in eating a little bit i mean they had ate a bit but it wasn't like wow this is great you know it was like if you would have sat there, you could have killed a bear, but it wouldn't have been a great hunt, you know. And so I was a little disappointed. I'm like, okay, now, now I will say too, oh, I forgot to mention this. So the bear nest was the only bait site. So we had that, I remember we had that final dessert uh, test um, scent or test flavor. And so on the bear nest, we put only uh, the final dessert. That was the only scent we put out there. And turns out that was the only that was that one was hit you know that was hit very well and uh um i'll cut to the chase so the other two sites they one of them was barely hit and then the rest part of the pun there but the other one was was kind of hit had what we call soft hit where a bear came in ate just a little bit and walked away and that was it which is weird bears that's odd and then the other bait site the blueberry the hill was had a soft hit and the blueberry ridge was not hit at all and so we're like man that is a bummer so um two things that first off the final dessert uh 
flavor was, I mean, if you're, you're talking about testing compared to other flavors, <laughs> it's the only flavor that did anything. So that's a, that's a good sign. Um, so in my mind, those the start of a successful test for sure. But, uh, so I was pretty happy with that for sure. Um, but, uh, so we, we doubled down on that. We took that flavor and put it everywhere else too, just to make sure. But, um, anyway, so that worked out really well. Uh, but yeah, the other, the other two bait sites weren't hit other than that one soft hit on the hill. And so we're like, man, what is going on? That's weird for me. Um, I was, I was thinking about it. I, I think I've had, I might have had one or two bait sites ever in my hunting career that, like my bear hunting career, that have not been hit. That's just weird for me. Um, I was in sort of uncharted territory there. I'm like, what is going on? And so Gunter and I said, well, let's get another bait going because it didn't take as long to bait sites that hadn't been hit. So we we said, well, let's let's go down this area that we can drive really, really far back into and... Um, and see what we can do. And now, mind you, also driving around, we didn't see other bear hunters. And so I was like, cool. You know, I don't think they're at other bear, bear hunters bait sites. You know, so we, anyway, so we don't know what's going on. But we're like, well, we got to get another bait site going just to, we got to do something here. We only have one active bait site right now. So we drove back and uh, to the far, we'll call it the far back bait site for now. And uh, we drove back to the far bait site. And it was another clear cut. Same sort of deal, raspberries, um, creeks and ponds nearby, and it was right on the boundary water border. And so we set up there, it was a pretty good spot. And uh, we set up on this hillside that the natural thermals flow down to this tamarack swamp. It was a really good bait site, so really good looking anyway. I mean, I couldn't imagine it not being good. So anyway, so we, uh, we left. So that's the second weekend. Now, we have one weekend left to go before we hunt. So we're, we're kind of getting to crunch time. I, I cannot believe that we don't have active bait sites. I mean, this is like totally new for me. So, I mean, I'm really starting to sweat it. I'm like, what is going on here? Is there something wrong? Like, is my homemade granola or something bad or what's going on? So I decided, I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? Um, I had a Michigan bear tag. And if you, if you remember from previous podcasts, I, last year, I had an old spot up um, way up north in the UP, and it was being logged off. And so my old spot, my tried and true spot, which I was going to hunt, was I couldn't hunt. And so I said, well, I, I had picked, sort of picked out a spot in my own head about where I wanted to hunt, but I was like, eh, this is a lot of work. I'm not going to hunt Michigan this year. Well, after that second weekend of Minnesota not looking so good, I said, man, I got to get... I need to see what's going on. I'm going to take, I mean, what if this Minnesota thing doesn't work out? You know, so I went and I went to that spot that I had sort of picked on my head and, um, that, that next, I think it was that Sunday. Yeah. Cause I got back to Saturday night and I went Sunday morning and baited Michigan. And so I went out and I set up a bait site in Michigan in, in a spot I just sort of randomly picked, never baited there before. And I used the final dessert, uh, scent flavor and, um, anyway, long story short, I came back on Wednesday and it was smashed. I mean, totally cleaned out. So I'm like, okay, like give me a little reassurance. So I'm like, okay, I, I'm not doing anything wrong here. Like there's not, you know, I didn't accidentally put like anti bear go away into my, 
my granola or something, you know, somebody's not playing a joke on me, you know, so <laughs> not that anybody would, but you know what I mean? It was, it was a reassurance like, okay, I'm doing something right. You know, it's working in Michigan and they're in the situation. Now you could say in Minnesota, there was a lot of berries out. Like the natural food was really, really good. And, but the same was going on in Michigan. There was a lot of hazelnuts and a lot of uh, berries in Michigan too. And so one could argue that this, that, it would have been the same either either place, and so anyway, that it reassured me that okay, you know, whatever's going on in Minnesota, I don't know, but it, what I'm doing in Michigan works, and so we got to see what's going on in Minnesota. So anyway, went back that third weekend, <clears throat> and Andrew and I met up and. Uh, um, we went to bait. Now the first bait site we went to was the far back bait because we're like, okay, um, this is, we want to see how this new bait site did. <clears throat> and so we go back there and we take his trailblazer, not my truck. And we get back there and it's looking good on the way back. Cause I'm seeing bear scat on the trail. I'm like, yes, this is good. And so we get back there, walk back there, and the bait is cleaned out. Like, yes. By the way, we use final dessert on, the bait, on this bait site, too. Like, yes, 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 yes. And so we, uh, <laughs> and so we're like, this is awesome. So we had brought bait, and so we start to dump bait. And all of a sudden, we hear, <laughs> and I turned to, to Gunter, and I say, and I'm like, I think there's a bear huffing at us because that's exactly what it sounds like. And no sooner had I said that all of a sudden 40 yards from us down in that Tamarack swamp, wolves are howling at us and they continue to howl at us. And all of a sudden they start to circle us and get closer. And so Andrew and I, um, we weren't carrying guns or anything. We just had our, you know, our hunting knives on us and that was it. And, um, that was a little sketchy and I'll, I'll tell you, I've never, and I, I mean, the thing was too, our scent was blowing the way the wind was blowing that day. Our scent was blowing into the swamp. So the wolves actually smelled us and they didn't run they circled us like we were prey and I don't get spooked in the woods too much, but that scared me. Um, uh, that was pretty terrifying to be honest. Um, I've never, I mean, I, I've dealt with wolves in Michigan and stuff, but they're, I've never had them that brave. That was, um, sketchy to say the least. So, um, yeah, they, uh, that was bad. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, kind of giving me chills to sort of thinking about again. I, I just, um, anyway, so what ended up happening was we, we baited at site and we just got ready to, I mean, <laughs> fight for our lives against a pack of wolves. Um, we could hear three distinct howls and, uh, they were 30 to 40 yards away from us. We didn't actually see them cause it was so thick. But they were definitely circling it because they were cowling continually and getting very close. I mean, circling us. They, they kept moving and, and walking with us. 
and uh, that was pretty terrifying to be honest. And um, basically, <laughs> we were ready to uh, to fight to the death against these things. It was scary. And I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic. That was really, really bad. And um, I do not recommend to anyone. And I learned from this. We did not uh, screw around with this again. We, I do not ever recommend anybody going to the North Woods where there's, especially in the Great Lakes, where wolves do not fear people and being way back in the woods unarmed. Um, it's just, it's bad. Um, that could have been very bad. So anyway, long story short, we did, they did not attack us, but we baited and got out of there as quick as we could. So, um, that was not great, but we, we got out of there. So, and, um, anyway, but the, the good news is that that bait was cleaned out. So we got it rebated and, uh, we would be back in a little bit there. So on the way out though, um, Andrew had warned me that, hey, my lights were dimming in my trailblazer, so I don't want to go too far with it. But I didn't want to take my truck because it was a small trail and there was some sketchy uh, terrain to get over. So I thought his trailblazer would be better. Well, we're driving out and his alternator dies. And the whole truck dies. And we're three miles away from my truck. So we had to walk three miles in our baiting gear to my truck to drive into town to get an alternator to drive back and do a bush fix and get replace the alternator so that was an awesome awesome thing so <laughs> oh that was a fun day but um and and we're meanwhile we're like wow one bay was smashed but we can't even get to see the other ones yet so a long story short uh we got it fixed and it was like mid-afternoon and <laughs> uh we had to go to the other bait sites so we got to the other bait sites and um let's see what had happened uh, the, which one did we go to first? Uh, the bear nest was that, no, the bear nest had picked up in bear hits. Oh, backtrack really quick. The wolf, the wolf bait, which we now call it, um, we did not have a trail camera on it cause we didn't have an extra one. So we did not have a trail camera on the wolf bait, unfortunately. So, uh, on the bear nest that we did and the bear activity had picked up exponentially on the bear nest and it was really, really good. As a matter of fact, we had a monster bear on the bait site. There's a picture of it um, on Instagram and Facebook. I posted it back then because I said, hey, sorry, I can't, haven't been doing much. I've been dealing with this guy and that's who I'm talking about. There's a fat, fat bear that we had coming into that bait site and he was actually flirting. He was coming in right at last light and there were some days where he would have been legal to shoot. And so per, you know, per nighttime or whatever, before nighttime, and so, um, that was very exciting. Um, and so then we went to the hill and the hill had still not been hit. And then we went to the blueberry Ridge and the blueberry Ridge had been hit. It had been hit by a single big bear that was coming in only at dark by himself. That was the only bear that was there. And then we went to the last place we went to was the, um, What's it called? Uh, the Raspberry Passion. It had still not been hit, which was very surprising. So, all right. So that was weekend three. Now weekend. So now we we left, and we're coming back Wednesday night, doing a quick bait run Thursday, and then hunting on Friday. You know, 
And so we get to Thursday, or we, yeah, so we get there Wednesday night, and then Thursday we get there, and um, we go out to bait, and the first place we went to was the wolf bait, armed, and <laughs> had the wolf bait. And um, we got to the wolf bait, and it was hit, but not great. Um, and we weren't sure, we figured the wolves, but we didn't have a trail camera on it because, you know, we didn't have one. Well, we brought one, but it wasn't out in time. And so we weren't sure, I mean, it was hit, so there was definitely bear activity there, but it wasn't great, so we figured the wolves had something to do with it. So, but it was hit. So, I mean, that was reassuring. And then the Blueberry Ridge was not hit. We got there and a on the trail camera, a wolf had come and started hitting the bait and there was no bears left. So the bear, that one bear that was there had skedaddled. So that was a bait that we lost to wolves. That was one. And the raspberry patch was still not hit. And the bear nest was still getting smashed. And the hill had finally gotten hit. And it was hit hard. And so the game plan based on that was, and there was some decent bears hitting the hill too at that. So here was the plan. Oh, also too, I forgot this. So as I'm walking off the Blueberry Ridge, I have not seen hunters up until this point. I get out of the Blueberry Ridge and I'm walking my truck and another truck pulls up. They're like, hey, what you up to? I'm like, oh, just baiting bears. Oh, we got a bear bait down this trail too. Oh, <laughs> so that was um, that was a little disappointing. I'm like, well, yeah, I wasn't really planning on hunting because I don't think there's a bear hitting. <laughs> so, and they're like, yeah, we haven't had a bear hit here either. So that was our first run in with uh, these hunters. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a bummer. And so you know, where we're hunting, I mean, it's right on the border of the boundary waters. So there's a lot of traffic. Um, which we found out from people going to the Boundary Waters. But from what we could tell, we didn't see too many other bear hunters up until right before the hunt. And all of a sudden, these guys, maybe it was just our timing or what, but we did not see people up until this point. And so this was our the first time seeing other hunters. We're like, oh, okay, and go figure they're right on the same trail as us. Which, I mean, it's public land. It's totally cool. You know, it's just unfortunate. So... Anyway, that was the, uh, that was that. And so, um, this is our game plan to go into opening day. We're not hunting in the morning because we don't have any morning hit hunts or morning hits. It's all at night. So the plan is the bear nest is the best and the bear nest is really hard to hunt because there's not an easy access to it. And there was no place. It was so thick in there. I'm not even kidding. There's no place to set up a tree stand. A ground bind would have been useless. The only thing you could do was sit on the ground like a turkey hunter and with the wind in your face or to the side or whatever, like a crosswind. And because uh, the bears were coming in from all directions except for there was a rock face to my to the back as we entered. Actually, we had to climb down a rock face to get to this bait. And so the plan was to sit with the wind good where the wind was blowing to this rock face and that way you could sit there on the ground it's so thick the bears aren't going to see you and you'll be able to shoot and but 
opening day, the wind was going to be on your back. And so there's no way you can hunt that um, without getting busted. So we said, well, that's we're going to save that spot. And so the plan was I was going to hunt the wolf bait opening night and Gunter was going to hunt the hill opening night. And so we did. And so got out there um, opening day and I am pumped. Bear hunting. I'm excited, you know, and uh, sitting in the tree stand at the wolf bait. And it's a beautiful night. It's, it's not, not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just a nice night. And um, I'm sitting there and pretty quiet, pretty quiet. And, it, and the bait really doesn't look like it's been hit too much since the previous night. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. But um, I'm sitting there and lo and behold, I see some movement. I'm like, oh, here we go. And what is it? But three wolves. Three wolves come into the bait site and they start to eat cookie dough like oh man and so they didn't know i was there and they couldn't tell i was there but they're sitting there just eating cookie dough and then eventually they wandered off like awesome so that was great and unfortunately that was the only thing i saw that night now this is really different from michigan because from what i've seen in michigan Bears tend to dominate wolves in Michigan for whatever reason. The bears, the little bears are are not. The little bears will get beat by wolves, and the the wolves will try to kill them. But bigger bears, the wolves don't mess with. Well, in Minnesota, it sure didn't seem to matter. It seemed like the wolves owned everything. And as soon as the wolves got to a bait site, the bears left completely. It was the weirdest thing ever. And maybe that's not the case everywhere. I don't know, but that was the case where we were. And it was very unfortunate. So at this point, um, essentially cut to the chase, there was, that was our second bait totally taken over by wolves. So two out of five baits were lost to wolves. So that was a bummer. And so that first night, um, and then Gunter did not see anything that first night. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but maybe the bear showed up and left. I don't know. So... Alright, so then we get to the second night. The second night, we <clears throat> got out there, and um, this is my night to hunt the bear nest. Then I got down there, and I'll be honest, it was a horrible sit. The ground was wet. The bugs were bad. It was hot. It was not a good sit, and the wind died. <laughs> and so, um, it was just not not a fun sit and I did not see a bear that night unfortunately that was my one shot really I figured I had one shot to get in there quietly and because there was really no way to leave without making tons of noise because it's going to be dark and it was so thick getting out of there and you have to climb up a rock face and brush bust to get out of there they really had only had one shot to get into there hunt it and then once you left the bears would know that you were there and so um, I sat and unfortunately the gamble of it was, you know, they're going to either going to come in before dark or they're not. And well, they didn't that night and the camera showed later, they came in 30 minutes after dark. So I did not see a bear that night. I killed a lot of mosquitoes though. <laughs> uh, and, but that night Gunter was sitting on the hill and, um, Oh yeah, there's two parts of this. So Gunter's sitting on the hill and he hears a gunshot about a quarter mile away. 
and another hunter had shot a bear um, quarter mile away from him. So that was unfortunate. I mean, it was good for the other hunter, but not good for us. So um, that was a hunter from that one group. And then on my way out of the bear nest, I'm walking out of there, and I parked. There's a little trailhead before you went through the clear cut. That's where I had parked. And lo and behold, I get out there, and there's a truck parked next to mine. I'm like, what in the world? And it's the same truck I saw at the Blueberry Ridge. And I sit there and wait for a while because I just want to talk to the guy. And uh, lo and behold, it's the same guy. And he's like, man, you sure know how to pick the spots, don't you? And I said, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Turns all these people, so the story behind these guys is they have been hunting here for a few years, and whenever they draw a tag, and this has been their spots for years, and um, they were just laughing that somehow we had found, we had set up baits right next, they asked me if I had grid cornice their bait size. I'm like, no, I'm just nowhere to pick spots. And they're like, wow, we've had a, We've been trying this place, these places for years, and these were the best spots for us. <laughs> so it's public land, and that's how it goes. And it, I mean, I was totally cool. Actually, as a matter of fact, I said, you know what? You can have the spot. Go for it. <laughs> you know. So, um, so it was unfortunate that uh, you know it's it's hard to tell that people are in places sometimes. And uh, yeah, and what it was is that um, so at that trailhead, it was sort of a gravel old logging skid but they put gravel down so you couldn't tell if people are driving down there or not and what had happened was he went one way and i went the other um he went down the old trail and i went through the clear cut but our bait sites we both sort of came back essentially if, if you were to like map us out it's like we made a heart so so we we started at the, the bottom of the heart and then we both came up and we came back around at sort of the uh the two what you call those lobes or whatever for the you know heart symbol and that's essentially so our bait sites weren't far from each other as far as in terms of the as the crow flies or whatever but yeah so that was i mean it didn't i wouldn't say it ruined, it didn't ruin my spot it's whatever you know but um i think that put the pressure because that's what i was noticing so the bears were really oddly nocturnal there like they were pressured and I don't think that helped have so many bait sites right on top of each other there. Um, that was just, you know, and I mean, that's, that's how it goes. And I mean, it's public land and I want everybody to be bear hunting as many people to be bear hunting, you know, but it just kind of sucks when, <laughs> you know, there's these huge woods and you end up set a bait site right on top of somebody else, you know, so, or they did to you or whatever, probably they're at the same time for all I know, but so that's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. So, Anyway, so, but then we're, I'm pretty bummed, and I'm, I'm like, man, I got one bait site that's, that's been taken over by wolves, I got another that, you know, I pretty much ruined my spot, it's almost unhuntable, and it's good for the bears, but it's un almost unhuntable for me, and plus there's another guy right on top of it, and what am I going to do? My only hope is that the wolf bait's going back again, and so... Um, anyway, and then, you know, Gunter at the Hill, well, my thought was, you know, I'm starting to think, man, you know, I got a good bait site going to Michigan, um, I just, I, like, what am I doing here, you know, um, I'm starting to think, man, I want, 
you know, I, I, by having two people here, I'm ruining Gunter's chances because he only has one. He only has the Minnesota Bear tag. I've got two. I've got a good bait side in Michigan. Um, you know, is it at this point? I'm I'm spending time, treasure, and everything being away from family, and <clears throat> you know, we got a new baby at home, and it's just not looking good. And for especially for two people, let alone one person. And so I, I'm starting to think, man, I mean, I know I really had my heart set on this, but this is not looking good. And so I told Gunter, I said, I'm going to give it one more night and then I'm going to cut my losses, but I want you to stay here because I want to make sure that, you know, I want you to have the best opportunity to get a bear. You know, I mean, I've got another shot at it. You don't, and I think it's best if if I don't get a bear tonight that we just I just clear out of here and give you the best opportunity you can. So anyway, um so that night I the next night I went out to the wolf bait and I'm sitting there and the bait had not been hit and all I heard were howls all night. Um the wolves had completely taken over that bait and that was really unfortunate. So, um, after that I pulled the plug, I called it. Um, I said, I'm going to go home, <laughs> you know, and try it out there. So, um, obviously my plan for here did not work. So, and Gunter stayed for another week and a half and he did not get a bear. Um, and he tried really hard and he, it just did not pan out for him. So that was very unfortunate. So that's the sad story about my Minnesota bear hunt, but there's multiple things here. Uh, first off, you never, it's never a failure if you learn stuff, right? And to be honest, I've spent months pondering what happened there. Um, you know, I mean, that was sort of one of my thought processes for not just pumping out podcasts as soon as the hunt was done because I, I needed time to digest what had happened and not give you some emotionally charged like man Minnesota sucks <laughs> you know because it obviously doesn't you know I mean tons of people got bears last year in Minnesota tons had a great year in Minnesota so you know something just happened with with our hunt and I needed time to figure out what was going on and, and get through a Michigan hunt too and see what was going on so anyway um so what are my thoughts here so so what exactly happened because the point of this podcast you know a lot of people don't like talking about their failures or whatever and you know I want people to learn from mistakes I made or you know, things like that. So, you know, my, my first thought here, I guess, is hunting media tends to make things out to seem like slam dunks. Like, you should be able to go, like, if, if you watch, you know, bear hunting videos or deer hunting videos or whatever, it just seems like you should be sitting there and just, oh, yeah, I got to pass him up or, yep, yep, you know, you should be seeing a trail of bears and and you're passing up a bunch, or there should be a trail of white tails, and you're passing up one. Let them go, let them grow. But the reality is for a lot of us that you're lucky to see an animal, to be honest. 
you know, and that's the truth of the matter sometimes. Sometimes it is really hard. There's there's years where, yeah, you can go, yep, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass him up. Sometimes I heard somebody say to me one time, there's some years where, you know, you can be a little choosy, and then there's some hunts where you better just be happy to take a bear, <laughs> you know? And um in truth, Minnesota would have if I would have had you know, if I would have lived there if I lived in Minnesota, I would have toughed it out, and I feel like I could have overcome and got a bear. But being away from home, that's tough to just sit there and tough it out, especially if you got family, a young family at home, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here." That's that's hard, you know. And um, and so, uh, anyway, have realistic expectations for your hunts. You know, if you're you're sitting there like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna go over there, and there's all kinds of big bears, and I'm gonna be passing them up, waiting for a big one or something." Just make sure you got realistic expectations for your, for what your hunt's gonna be, you know. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't, but uh, I didn't realize it's gonna be that tough. I guess so. That was a little unfortunate, but that's something I learned and uh, or reminded myself of, I should say. But so, what actually happened though? Um, one of the biggest things I think I underestimated was that. One initially in this episode when I said that, uh, you know, I wanted to hunt close to the boundary waters because it's a bear sanctuary. Well, what I didn't really foresee was that how much local activity, like from pressure from the non-hunters, would affect the bears. So there was a lot of traffic, a lot of hikers, a lot of people going canoeing and stuff, and I think that just honestly made the bears really spooky. More spooky than I usually am used to seeing bears, you know. Um, I mean, I've hunted a lot of places, including high-pressure Michigan, to be honest. Michigan's pretty high. I would say Michigan's more high-pressure than a lot of places in Minnesota. And the bears are not that spooky. It just seemed like you went there, and they're like, whoa, person, gotta run, you know. And that that was a little different for me. Um, and so I think the pressure from the non-hunters that were just you know, doing whatever they were going to do, that really threw the bears off. And I think that was something I really underestimated. And of course, having another group of hunters there with baits right on top of ours, you know, that didn't help. You know, when you got, it, it's enough pressure for one person to be going in there baiting, but then you got two groups of people baiting. That's, that's tough, you know? So, and, uh, that's a bummer. Also too, I will mention that, um, the one guy at the trailhead told me, yeah, you know, my bait was getting hit pretty good. He was using donuts, just donuts. And he's like, but then all of a sudden, you know, they were hitting really good at first. And then all of a sudden they stopped hitting this bait. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I'm like, it's because I've got better bait than you, dude. <laughs> and so I didn't have the heart to tell him that. But uh, yeah, so um, quality bait really goes a long way. And quality attractants and all that. So um, that's not proof that uh the bears had a choice there and uh they chose our stuff well there you go two baits probably 300 yards apart and uh they chose mine <laughs> so and that was and to remind you that was the test bait for the final dessert uh flavor so um jess at beta 907 is going to be releasing that uh like now <laughs> so um, if it's on their website, Pinger, and she'll get you some. So, um, they really like the bear tar, by the way. I got a picture of, I put, um, some final dessert bear tar up in a little tree, 
and they bent the tree down to get it. They were eating, it was a little birch tree, and I put it on the leaves, and they bent it. I got a picture of bending the birch tree over to eat the, the, the bear tar. It was pretty cool, so, but, um, uh, you know, another thought, um, a lot of people say, well, what about the natural foods? You said there was a lot of natural foods, but like I said earlier, there was a lot of natural foods in Michigan too. I would even say more so in Michigan because we had, we had a really good hazelnut crop in Michigan and they did not in Minnesota, it didn't seem like. Um, and plus we had a bumper crop of berries, probably more so I would say. And we had longer lasting berries too because we had blackberries and they did not in Minnesota. And at least in, you know, in my, the local area that I saw, you know, I'm sure you can go a mile or a couple miles away and have different, um, berry results. But, uh, anyway, I don't think that that was a major thing, but I do think it probably didn't help. If there was no natural foods, the bears would have had to have hit our baits and, you know, they're not going to not hit it during the day if there's no natural foods. So I don't think the natural foods helped. But I don't think that was the major thing. I think the pressure in conjunction with the natural foods probably made it pretty tough because the bears knew, oh, wow, we're being hunted. We don't even need to go to these baits, though, because we got natural food. And that's this probably what happened, is my guess. But um, those two things in conjunction, because in Michigan, there wasn't really pressured, but we had natural foods, but they were still hitting my baits during the day really, really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was that. So, and then the other thing that really threw me for a loop, of course, was the wolves. I mean, I've dealt with wolves. I've talked about wolves on a podcast, but uh, uh, Minnesota's got some mean wolves. <laughs> Meaner than Michigan. I'll, I'll admit that. That was uh, sketchy. And I will tell you, I am so, so, so for the delisting of gray wolves and the upper Great Lakes. I could not be a bigger proponent of that. Um, I think it is ridiculous, and I honestly think, um, God forbid, that we are, I mean, it's only a matter of time before a wolf kills somebody. It could have been me and Andrew. I mean, that was bad. Very bad. And that is, I mean, I'm saying that as two Marines, you know, that two infantry Marines that, uh, you know, I would say probably could have handled ourselves, but, um, that's dangerous. And, um, we need to get, I mean, I've told multiple people and they're like, I've never heard of wolves doing that. I mean, people that are very experienced with wolves and it's because wolves in the upper great lakes do not fear people. And that is very bad. Um, they smelled us and they said, Hmm, I think we can eat that. You know, and they were, I mean, they knew that it was risky, but they weren't afraid of us. And that's bad. So, um, two points for that. First off, it was horrible for bear hunting. We lost two out of five baits to um, bears, or to wolves, excuse me. And, you know, it's dangerous. So, anyway, if you're bear baiting in... The Upper Great Lakes, I highly, highly recommend not, I mean, I'm honestly not afraid of bears. Um, I, I'm Maybe I'm complacent or whatever. I respect bears, but I wouldn't carry a gun just to bait bears. But I do carry a gun now because of wolves. Um, that was sketchy to say the least. So, um, 
but that was it. You know, I mean, honestly, those were the biggest things. Um, now, if I could do it all over again, which I do plan to in three to four years when I draw another Minnesota tag, I don't think I'll do unit 25 again. Um, I think it was kind of ridiculous. I drove through some really, really prime bear habitat to get to unit 25. And so I don't think, I mean, I could cut two hours out of my trip just uh you know, two hours one way out of my trip by not going all the way to 25. So just as a, from a logistic standpoint, I don't think I'll do 25 again. But um, anyway, the, uh, um, I guess my thought is, you know, if, if I'm doing it all over again, I'm not going to go to 25. I'm going to do somewhere else. And I'm not going to try to hug the boundary waters or look for some secret bear sanctuary. I'm just going to do what I usually do in Michigan, and that's find some deep, dark, remote spot, you know, that's really off the beaten path, somewhere that's, you know, I can drive deep into and then walk further ways into, you know, that, uh, you know, it's someplace that there's not going to be the general public even, you know, like in Michigan where I hunt, I mean, it's the bush, <laughs> you know, where I, where I hunt in Michigan is like, like, you're not going there unless you're hunting, so that's, uh, that's what I'm gonna do in Michigan. That, that's something I did different in Minnesota. I think that was the biggest thing. So, um, but yeah, other than that, that's pretty much the Minnesota story. It's a real bummer, and honestly, as the host of the podcast, I kind of feel I let you guys down a little bit. I was like talking it up, and, and I mean, I had every tool at my disposal, but I mean, that goes to show you that it's still hunting. It's hard sometimes. So, um. I guess the moral of the story is have realistic expectations about your hunt and they're not always slam dunks. And honestly, there is things out of your control, you know? So, but other than that, but thankfully this is not the end of the story. So like I said, I had a Michigan tag in my pocket still, thankfully. And, um, I packed it up out of Minnesota and I went home and the first thing I did the next day was I ran my Michigan bait, and that's where I'm going to end the story, because next week, we're going to be back with Clint Mitchell, and we're going to talk all about what happened in Michigan, which I will say, I'll give you a little bit of a teaser, this was still the toughest bear season I've ever, ever had, um, and in the end, it all paid off, but the the road to get there was tough and the last thing I'll leave you with is never ever 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 give up thanks for tuning in talk to you next week